Amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. Oh, I forgot this. I love that song. How many of you have heard that song before and you, that, you're familiar with that one? That one was picked uh, specifically for today because it's done by a band called Wren Collective and they are from Northern Ireland. How about that? Huh? Yeah, that's one of our favorites. We love, love, love that song. How many of you, raise your hand if you have ever traveled to Northern Ireland? Anybody? Anybody? We've got a few hands up. Nice. Yes. Look, we wanted to take today to just celebrate this incredible trip that uh, several of our students got to experience and to thank you for your generosity and in how you have financially supported them, how you you prayed for them before leading up to the trip and beforehand and, and during the trip. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers. And as a as a, a dad of, of two kids who got to go on this trip, and a, a staff member who got to you know who got to see this whole group have this experience, I'm just so thankful for your support through it all. Uh, because you financially supported and prayed for this group, this was as much your trip as it was theirs. And I hope as you saw pictures, maybe on social media while it was happening, or, or as you're seeing pictures today, and as you're hearing stories today, you'll get to experience what life was like for them a couple weeks ago. We wanted to change things up today, and instead of sitting just, you know, through another sermon, we thought maybe we could all be encouraged and challenged by our four graduated seniors here, who got to go on this trip and witness what God is already up to in other parts of this world through his people and through his church. And this trip was different than a, a typical mission trip as you would imagine. There wasn't a, you know, a big construction project to take on or, or some event that our, our students were sent overseas to, to put on. And so they weren't going there to, to fill some need or accomplish something. They also weren't going over there to just do some international travel and and sightsee the the beautiful countryside of Northern Ireland. They got to witness firsthand what God is already doing and has been doing for quite some time through an incredible organization called RIOT. And that stands for Revival in Our Town and is a youth organization based out of Dundrum, Northern Ireland but also to allow them to have some dedicated time during that week to think about what God is already doing around the world. Riot didn't need them, but was so gracious in hosting them for the week to experience what God's up to. And so I, uh, I'm so happy to be sitting here with uh, our four graduated seniors, and, and we're going to kick things off here by uh, letting you introduce yourselves uh, state, state your name, who your parents are, where you graduated from, and where you're going to college here this fall. Maya, you want to kick us off? Okay. So my name's Maya Lloyd. Um, I just graduated from Norwell High School. My parents are Mandy and Dave Lloyd, and I'm headed to Grace College this fall. All right, good. Um, my name is Savannah Ninham. I also graduated from Norwell High School, and my parents are Pam and Brian Ninham. And I'll be attending Purdue-Fort Wayne. My name is Dylan Palmer. I graduated from Huntington North High School. 
That's my dad. <laughs> Not proud of that. He admitted it. And wow. Mom's over there, Nick Palmer, and I will be going to the Cleveland Institute of Art. Uh, my name's Trevor Rust. Uh, my parents are TJ and Ruthann. Uh, just graduated Huntington North, and I'm headed to IUPUI here in a couple weeks. Fantastic. Great. Thank you. Well, um, so I want to uh, keep things, let, let, let's start off by sharing with uh, our church here and your, your church family your most memorable meal from the trip, okay? So food, you know, when you travel, if you, if you travel internationally, you get to experience some meals that are a little different. Uh, so tell me, uh, each of you, share your most memorable meal from the trip. Okay, so I was a little worried about the food and what it would be like, but a lot of it was very good. So my most memorable meal was probably our Sunday lunch. Um, And so after church, it's very, like, traditional, apparently, to have this sort of meal. And so um, it kind of reminded me of Thanksgiving, but it's like turkey, mashed potatoes, roasted potatoes, carrots, peas, parsnips, turnips. Oh, wow. And then they called this bread pudding, but it kind of, it was just kind of like a roll or something. Um, And it was memorable because I don't think I've ever had parsnips or turnips, but they were very, very good. See, now that looks, that looks delicious, all except the peas. You can keep the peas. (laughs) Everything else looks delicious. Nice. That's great. Um, well, for the first couple of days, they had, uh, like, meals that we would have at home, but it would be, like, their country. But we had, like, cold meat sandwiches and, like, chips and stuff like that. So it just reminded me of home, so I'm just going to stick to, like, the basic, <laughs> normal, <laughs> what I have here. Um, although I did like getting out of my comfort zone and trying turnips and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, my favorite meal was definitely the fish and chips, which are kind of like a European staple. And it's, it's just like, it's just a big chicken. It's just like a chicken strip. There's one huge one. And I can proudly say that the only two people that finished their entire meal that day were me and Nick, so. <laughs> boy. Uh, my favorite meal, um, interestingly enough, was the breakfast sandwich we had in Belfast, uh, the Belfast BAP. Okay. Um, I'm not this, a big. This I've heard about this, and this looks amazing. It was so good. Okay, tell us about it. So I'm not a big breakfast guy. First of all, okay, I don't particularly love American bacon. I know I'll get some flack for that later. Um, but Irish bacon, on the other hand, I am a huge fan of. Huh. Apparently, um, it's a little thicker. It's a little more like meat than it is the stomach of the pig as it is here Um, and so yeah uh, it's uh, soda bread with an egg Irish bacon Irish sausage and the full one that only Nick and Sean had that neither of them could finish um, had some extra stuff on it but the rest of us settled for the half sandwich because we knew we weren't finishing all of that okay so is this the full or the half that's the full that's the full okay the half sandwich only has one piece of bread that looks so good. Yes, it does. So I, got, I have to tell this story and embarrass my daughter just a little bit. So she got the half. Is that right? It, oh, here it is. She got the half, and she, they, she was like, I don't even know how you're supposed to attack this. And they say, well, maybe disassemble it and kind of eat it. She just grabbed it and went in for it, and, and 
shortly after that, someone there said, boy, that girl can eat. (laughs) I was proud. That made me proud. (laughs) Well, we want to shift this a little bit, a good little icebreaker to kind of kick things off. I want to talk a little bit about some of the places you got to see and some of the places you you visited. Maya, um, there's a place called Down Patrick. Tell us about that. What is that? And and what was it to experience that place? So Downpatrick is a town, um, but it's called that because it is where St. Patrick's First Church is. So on the last day, we went to this church, um, and the building is not the original building. It's been rebuilt, but this building is still very old. Um, and it was the first church in Ireland, the first Christian church that um, was started, and it was actually in 432 A.D. So we actually got to go in there. Um, It's very beautiful inside, but my favorite part was we were all just kind of sitting in there and looking around, and I don't know whose idea it was, but we were like, we should sing something. So then Richie, our group leader from Riot, he started playing the song, It Is Well, Um, and we all just were like singing and our voices filled the whole room and it was so cool because not only were we sitting there singing that and it sounded really cool just because of the acoustics and everything but I was just thinking how people thousands of years ago were in there worshiping the same God and that was just a really cool moment for me especially because the places we have here are not near as old um, just with that kind of history. How cool to be a part of something that, you know, and that, I know that's not, you said that's not the original church, but that place from, from 432, you said. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Now, you mentioned um, your group leader, Richie. Yes. T- tell everybody who Richie is, because um, he's kind of pretty significant mm-hmm. for, for your trip. So, Richie is in charge of Riot, the youth center that we served at. Um, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, But he basically led our whole trip. Um, He drove us everywhere. He's the one who told us what to do, scheduled our events. Um, We often didn't know what we were going to do, but Richie was going to take us there, and we were going to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Dylan, this next question is for you. You got to uh, see a lighthouse, correct? Yes, we did. Um, I think it was... uh St. John's Lighthouse, I want to say. The lighthouse, very boring. Don't care about that. But it was the kind of view (laughs) and the rocks around it. As you can see, it was kind of like just this big stretch of a bunch of rocks that the tide would kind of come in and cover and then go back out. And we got to go at it at uh, low tide, so we got to kind of explore, climb on the rocks, get out. And it's like the view is amazing when you get all the way past the rocks and it's also even way better because you have to earn the view. You have to, it takes like 10 minutes to get across just like a, cu- a couple hundred yards of rocks or something. And it's just like, I talked to Nick earlier and I was like, just being out there, just like on- only you can see like the waves and the sky. And it's like staring at the face of God. I got a good prayer out there when I was just kind of alone. It was a really good time. That's awesome. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there was an incident with a seal here, correct? No, that was at uh, 
12 arches. It's just a beach. There was a seal oh, okay. we found. Yeah. There was a seal incident at a different beach. Yes. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I don't know. But okay, that wasn't here. All right. Uh, Trevor, uh, tell me about Tollymore. Yeah, so uh, Tollymore is the forest near uh, where C.S. Lewis grew up. And um, Richie, our leader, described it as a thin place, which is one of those places in the world where you can really feel God's existence and creation and movement through everything. And uh, I think we all definitely felt that while we were there. Um, we took a little, uh, a little walk through the forest uh, for the first hour or so, and then Richie kind of set us loose for about 45 minutes to go uh, sit alone and pray and just kind of experience things on our own for about 10 minutes. And then at the end, the four of us boys decided to go jump into this river um, which is a great idea. It's just freezing cold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really great. You could just feel and see creation in everything, and you could just see God's glory in everything that was there, and it was great. So a beautiful, beautiful location. And you said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is where C.S. Lewis explored and played as a kid, yes, maybe? Yes. And, and so it's it's a lot of what's there was his inspiration for the Chronicles of Narnia. Correct. Correct? Yeah. I thought I had heard that somewhere. Um, and I love what you just said there about that this was a thin place. Did you guys catch that? What a cool, what a cool thing. Uh, you know, it might be in Northern Ireland. It might be in a place that you've been to where you, maybe you're out by yourself or you're hiking and, and you just become aware of God's presence. You become aware of of how big he is and how awesome he is. And it's, it's you know, the, the gap between heaven and earth becomes very thin, it feels like, in that moment. And this is one of those places where it's a thin place. I love that. That's really, really cool. Uh, Savannah, you got to experience something called the Peace Wall. What, what was that? So it's a wall, but it has, like, miles and miles that divides the Protestants and the Catholics from one another. Um, so you have one side that is full of like peace and love and they write on the wall and as we were walking down you could see on the wall um, people writing like Jesus is peace, peace be with you um, so they're even though the wall was to separate they eventually came to terms to come with peace with one another but since there was a lot of wars going on between the Protestants and Catholics there's still unforgiven hurt between the two so that's why the wall is still up but there is a lot of writings that are demanding peace, and as we were walking through, you could feel their hurt, and you could feel that they really, really want peace with one another. And so we just prayed over the wall and hoped that they finally realized that Jesus is peace. And so you, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, there is a, still a very real divide between the Catholics and the Protestants in, in yes. there. And, yes. and in fact, um, you guys got to witness, I think... Uh, a parade or a, a celebration that really um, w- denigrated the other side. I think in, in is Northern Ireland more the Protestant side? Is that is that correct? And so their their big parade and celebration was more of a jab at the Catholics, and that still is very much going on. And and even I, I remember hearing from some of you guys that shared earlier this week that. Even some of the, the, the people who are there called to, you know, 
make people disciples of Jesus in that week forget the love your enemy command of Jesus and kind of set that aside. So that tension between Catholics and Protestants is still very real, but it's, it's so cool that you guys got to see this peace wall and to pray for the people there and to hopefully experience peace amongst such a, a divide. Uh, we want to shift a little bit, and this first question is going to go to Maya and Savannah. You guys can share this question together. But I want you to talk about your trip experience and, and what you came to do. So Maya and Savannah, tell me, walk, walk me through a typical day for you when you were in Northern Ireland. What, what, when you woke up, what did you do? What did, what did a kind of a typical day for, for your, our group look like? Yeah, so every day was a little bit different, um, but our basic schedule was we'd wake up, have breakfast, um, and then after that, we would have our quiet time. We had like a little devotional book with different mission principles. We'd find a spot outside um, and sit and just have that time, Um, and then we would meet in the youth center, and we would practice sharing our stories And that's what we ended up doing with Riot, which the boys will talk more about. Um, But that was just a time to spend time with each other and the team um, and kind of focus on what we were going to talk about that night. Um, We also spent some time in the youth center during the day learning about certain cultural things, um, like the divide between the Protestants and the Catholics. Um, We learned about St. Patrick, all those types of things. Um, And then usually from there, we would do some sort of um, tourist type of thing, some sightseeing, all the places we talked about that we went to. Um, We would ride in these vans. (laughs) The roads were crazy. They were so curvy. Like, you can barely go faster than, like, 45 miles an hour because they're so curvy, so hilly. I'm pretty sure we went faster than that. Um, (laughs) Savannah flew out of her seat at one point, hit the door. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'll let Savannah talk about the rest of the day. You kind of said it all. (laughs) um, Yeah, we would wake up, have breakfast, do a devotion. Um, But then it depends on the weather because it rains every single day there. And it doesn't stop. But it does stop, but it rains constantly. Um... So it depends on the weather. It depends on what we do for the day. Uh, we did one of the days we worked on our testimony, and then the other days we went out and we enjoyed the weather, which we went to, like, Tollymore. We went to, like, the Peace Wall, Belfast. So that was basically the typical day before we went into Riot, which was the rest of the evening. So as the pictures are scrolling, you may notice there there's a couple uh, other students in the group that aren't, um, you know, from our group. So... There were how many more? There were three other students that were there. Four. That four, four. four others yeah. that were a part of this group, but they weren't weren't MCC kids. So there was um, one girl. Like who is who is that next to Sydney? Um, that's Annie. She is the CIY's people that were their daughter. So she got to enjoy the trip as a student as well. And she's from Idaho. Is Idaho, that right? Yeah. And then there were three others from Anderson. Indiana mm-hmm. that met you in Chicago and then you flew together over there. Yep. So there are a couple others that were a part of our church, but that were a part of this this week and, and this group. 
Um, all right, so Dylan and Trevor, we want to shift to uh, the evenings at Riot. So it wasn't so much a wake up and, and you're, you're engaged with Riot and you're engaged with the kids that are there. It's not so much that. It's more their programming happens more in the evenings, right? Yeah. So tell us more about, um, more about that. What was a typical you know, schedule for you as in the evenings as you're working with Riot? Well, at like 6, we'd get together pray for the evening and 6.30, right? That's when it, we kind of started. All the, um, like, under-teenage-age kids would come in. So I think, like, maybe 5 to 12 would come in, and then they had a bunch of games. They would put big pieces of paper out on tables you could draw on. They had board games. They had a big football pitch, but really soccer. <laughs> and then, so that's what most of the guys did for, uh, with the kids. We played a lot of uh, football, I guess. I'll call it football. Yeah. Um, and there's also like swings. There's just like a little kind of playground. It was just like there's also ping pong tables, a bunch of stuff for the kids to kind of do together. And we just got to kind of hang out with them. And then I'll let Trevor talk about 7:30 when the high schoolers came. Yeah. So they have their school system in primary school and secondary school. So the gap's a little different than it is here for us. They cut it at about 12, and then that's when you jump into high school. So it's kind of like when you had lower and upper high um, a couple years ago before we were born. Um, <laughs> not to make any of you feel old, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but when the older kids showed up, um, it, was a lot of ju- it was a lot less playing around as much as it was just kind of hanging out and talking and just kind of getting a feel for how their lives are going and how God's working through them. And um, there were a couple uh, cultural differences that we weren't necessarily ready for when we were there, but I think as a group and as a whole, we adapted quickly and kind of were able to get past some of these things that might have kept us from getting closer to these kids and really got to see and tell God's story uh, through us and through them and just kind of really show these kids um, what God's doing in the world. And so we would kind of hang out for about an hour and then we'd get called in to the youth center uh, lower room and uh, three kids per night would share their little snack of a testimony about just a God moment um, for them in their life. And then after that, we'd go hang out for about another 30 minutes. Um, and then we'd all gather around again and worship for a good 15, 20 minutes. And then they'd head out and we'd pack up for the night and get ready to do it all again the next day. So that was kind of the schedule for every, every night of the week. They would have worship and, and hangout time and, and there's something every night. Yep, yep. So what was the youngest age that you saw come? <sighs> I don't elementary, know, probably, I mean, like yeah, yeah, probably about first or second grade, okay. I'd say. Yeah, and then all the way up to senior all the way up high to uh, yeah, probably about I think twenty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, a couple of you mentioned this uh, as you were sharing, but I want you to talk about sharing your God moment story. So Richie encouraged you guys to to come up with a time to to share. Uh, you know, um, just a, a, a moment in time, a God moment that you could basically tell someone about 
a quick elevator pitch almost as to why you know, God is important to you and, and, and why you can see him working in your life. And that was a little bit different than what you guys anticipated, wasn't it? Because I think uh, you all went into this week and even prepared months in advance to share your whole story, this grand epic of what God did from when you were wee little to, uh, you know, uh, your current age. And yet, um, you were, maybe you were caught off guard a little bit because that's not exactly what Richie was wanting you to share. And so I want you to say, talk about going into that moment, what it was like during that moment and sharing that God moment with, with the kids of Riot and then even talk about after the moment when you shared and maybe some conversations that you had with some of the kids there. How did that stretch you? And you don't have to share what your God moment was, but just talk about that whole experience and how that, that, that really shaped you and stretched you th- that week. Yeah, so we, like you said, weren't expecting um, the type of story that we were sharing. And so the first couple of days were a little rough, um, especially because I'm kind of a planner and I get like expectations in my mind. And then when those are changed or things don't go as I expected, it kind of um, can be frustrating. Um, And so another thing, another cultural difference that I was not ready for Um, and loved all the people there. This is nothing against them. It's just a difference. Um, But, and you don't realize it until you leave. But we are very, like, nice and like, oh, don't say that. Like, that might hurt their feelings. But they are very straightforward, which can be a really good thing that I probably need to be better at at doing that sometimes. But I wasn't ready for that. And so I wasn't even one of the first ones to share my story. Um, But just to hear Richie, and he meant it all in a fantastic way, Um, and they were things we needed to hear, and it ended really well, so I don't want to give anyone a bad picture of that, but for me, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like, don't say that, or... He's he's kind of blunt. yeah, 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 and so I kind of had to learn how to adapt to that, Um, And even though those moments weren't the most fun, it kind of showed me how I react to criticism or when things don't go my way. And so even though those moments aren't always the most fun, I mean, no one wants, likes to be molded and shaped because oftentimes those processes are hard. And so it was. Um, But sharing my story ended up going really well and it was really freeing once I finally did it just getting over those first few days and realizing like okay um I even at one point wrote down like all the things that I kind of discovered that I struggled with like taking criticism um and things like that that I needed to work on so even though it started out difficult it ended up really good because I was able to see some of the things that I needed to refine in my life and then experience a lot of freedom once I did share my story and people could relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me before, it was a struggle because my God moment consists of a lot of God moments. So he would have us for devotion time have like go around, uh, not go around, but go around the place and you sit down and then you like plan your story. But I had like three papers full because I didn't know what to talk about. And so... It was really, like, confusing to me because I was, like, you know, um, trying to, like, share your story. But 
the like the snack size was very hard. So when we went on a hike to like a two mile hike, even though we were focused on not dying, but we were. I enjoyed um, walking with like Hannah, um, Aaron, and uh, Samantha, and we all just. I basically ask them like what should I share what do I need to share and stuff so just having that time of like fellowship beforehand um, for them to help me and see what I need to talk about and like narrow it down to like a really good God moment was really helpful going in and then once I shared it um, I shared it on the very last day before we left so unfortunately I didn't really get to have conversations with the students afterwards but uh, I did once I got over that it was very freeing awesome Dylan, what was it like for you? Um, it was a very interesting experience. I, I went first. Nick kind of uh, signed me up <laughs> for that. But, uh, like, I didn't really get that time to kind of plan it out. So I wasn't super kind of well-spoken when I was giving it. And I, we weren't expecting to kind of get critiqued on what we were saying by Richie. So it was a bit jarring. But I think it was mostly stuff like, Maybe don't talk about, like, your stage of life by your grades because that doesn't transfer because they have different grades. Mm. So it, it was, like, it was fair, but it was kind of, like, unexpected and a little yeah. bit hard to deal with. And that was kind of just an interesting experience without any planning. It was kind of off the cuff. And when it finally got time to share it in front of, like, all the people at Riot, um, I kind of just like zoned out it was like just get it done don't worry about it and then when I did it was kind of it was a relief but for the wrong reason it wasn't like oh I finally got this off my chest it's it's freeing but it was more I'm done I don't have to worry about it anymore and I didn't really feel like I got a reaction from anybody but until later in that week and I kind of saw how um how it kind of like worked through a lot of the people in our group and like people mentioned to me like they kind of saw God through me this week and um, also it was just um, well it was it was just kind of like a cool experience to kind of get that reaction even though it wasn't immediate and I kind of felt like oh that didn't land somebody mentioned you have no way of knowing what your story did in that group. So that was kind of yeah. nice to yeah. know because I didn't feel like it did anything, but I honestly had no idea. And so it was kind of reassuring. And I did get to see later in the week what it did, and it kind of encouraged me to share my story a bit more. I shared like kind of a 50,000-foot view of it at a worship night. Some people might have remembered that. but So it's kind of, it was an encouraging thing in the end. Did you guys have a time, did Richie give you a time limit? Like, I, I want you to only share for two minutes. or? Oh, yeah, it was like two, three minutes. Two, yeah. three minutes. I've heard it said, like, like uh, the phrase, judge each day not by the harvest that you, that you sow, but by, or judge each day not by the harvest, but by the seeds you plant. Mm-hmm. And so you may not see the benefit of, of what your story, how it encouraged someone else, but as long as you're planting those seeds, you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. Trevor, what was it like for you? Well, um, so the first day that we're sitting in Riot preparing to share just with our own group, kind of working things out, I was sitting there like, well, I don't know which direction I want to take with this. I don't know. I could go about three different ways, I suppose. Um, And Dylan goes and 
Richie critiques him very bluntly, and I'm like, uh, oh, crap. <laughs> I can't, I don't know that I could handle that one right now. So he tried to get me to go last that day, and I was like, nah. So I went the next day, um, and I decided I was just kind of going to throw it all together, and... Uh, ended up adding some things in there that I didn't even I hadn't even really processed until I started talking about, mm. um, and uh, had to dial back the time a little bit. I think I was the longest one of the kids, at least. I think I clocked in at like seven minutes or something. So, <laughs> oops. But um, kind of talking through that with our group uh, first gets your bearing set, and then once you do talk about it to the Northern Ireland kids, you can kind of focus in on certain things that Richie has pointed out that they might connect with more, like Mm. COVID hit them really hard. Mm. And so anything from that year in school where things were a little weird and anything after that, they're really going to get a lot out of as opposed to growing up, going to church and a bunch of that other stuff. Not that that's not important, but just knowing your audience and kind of adapting to that was really yeah. cool for him yeah. to let us know about. Um, and then after, um, I could just kind of see some kids like in their facial expressions being like, wow, I've been there. That's jarring for them and for me just to see that these experiences aren't isolated across the pond between us and them. Yeah. And then watching the kids as other people were giving their stories was really cool seeing their reactions and their expressions was really interesting uh, that's 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 fantastic what a great exercise to go through you know for for you to really think about okay i only have maybe two or three minutes with somebody i can't tell them you know how god transformed my whole life i've got to i've got to narrow it down and talk about just a god moment with them how do I really focus in and say what I want to say and say it clearly? I mean, it's really a challenge for all of us to, I mean, if we, if we are to talk about our faith to our coworkers and to our, our other family members or to our other uh, people in our spheres of influence, are, do we have something worked out in our head to be able to talk about that with them for just a short couple minutes? Um, I think that's a great exercise that you guys got to go through. And it sounds like it did stretch you. It maybe wasn't what you expected. And you received some critiques afterwards that maybe was hard to hear. But it stretched you. And it was such a good, such a good exercise. I'm glad you guys got to do that. And I think that's, it challenges all of us to make sure we're in the same boat. Now, you, uh, the four of you are graduated seniors. And, and you also are getting to hear from the other four Students that are, are undergrads who, who are sharing different elements of the trip as well. But I want you to, uh, something that you just can't understand unless you go on a trip like this is, is the relationships that are, that are formed between you as a group. And um, I remember, I got to do several mission trips as a high schooler, and I remember coming home afterwards just missing the other people on the trip so bad. I just, you spent all week with them. You're, you're uh, some of the deepest friendships that you will ever make could be because you shared this experience together. And so I want you, I want you to take a second to share a story about 
something you witnessed or something that stood out to you about another member of our group. So maybe it was somebody that's, that's here sitting beside you, or maybe it's one of our undergrads who are sharing throughout the service as well. But share a story about something you witnessed or something that stood out to you about another member from our group. Yeah, so someone who stood out to me this week was this girl right here, Shoddy Sav. <laughs> um, and Savannah and I have known each other since middle school. So we've been going to youth group together um, all our lives. But um, our friendship has really changed and Savannah has really changed. So it's been really cool to see her grow. Um, not even just the week that we were in Ireland, but just from sixth grade to now. And so um, I've heard Savannah's story a couple times before, um, but just to see her share it in a new setting um, in front of a ton of people that she doesn't really know was really cool. Um, and Savannah's story is really powerful and very unique. And so just seeing her share it with so much confidence um, and just so much positivity that I don't know that I could have after having that kind of story was just really cool um, and just surreal to sit there thinking like, wow, I know who Savannah was in sixth grade and it's so cool that she's come this far um, just to be talking in front of people and not only that, but sharing a story so powerful. So I really enjoyed seeing that and just the funny times I got to spend with her. Um, we walked on the beach together um, and we were both about to pee our pants the whole time, but we still had like a mile left to walk and we're like going over stones. So I just enjoyed um, the deep parts and the fun, lighthearted parts of Savannah awesome. this week. Awesome. Um, thanks, Maya. Uh, one of the things that was is Dylan over here um, I never really talked to him much at all, and he eventually started saying good morning, Shadi Sav, every single morning. I'll wake up, and he's like, good morning, Shadi Sav, <laughs> and go to the bathroom, and we never talk again. But, um, <laughs> so, but like, seeing him, because he's grown up here with me at church in middle school, so I've seen him um, grow in so many ways, like, um, well, I've seen him grow in ways because he, he was, like, the same boat as I am when I was in middle school. I was very, like, shy. I didn't really fit in. Um, too many, like, sporty kids. Too many, like, you know, I didn't really fit in. And so seeing him come out of his comfort zone and being the first to share um, to Richie and being the first to share his testimony and then being first to just step up in general um, and then, like, comparing that to when he was in middle school when he wouldn't even say a word. Um, <laughs> So, like, seeing that part really inspired me. Um, and then before we went on the Ireland trip, we did a service project, and, like, we painted, like, a porch thing. Um, and afterwards, we met and, like, had any questions before we went on the Ireland trip. And one of the things that, one of the questions was, like, what do you have to offer um, for the students? And Dylan said that his, like, artistic abilities to be able to, like, sit and draw with them and then I, like, we, I was sitting there doing Uno with some of the girls and um, seeing him connect with, like, four other kids um, with art. And it's just, like, seeing that come into play was really nice. Mm. Thank you. 
<laughs> well, um, I'm going to be a bit more broad because I don't want to name names, but it was very interesting seeing kind of the difference between the first and the second time people uh, shared their story. Just to reiterate, in the mornings for like two days, we all got together and we shared our story among the group, just uh, the Americans and then Richie. And then in the night, three people every day would share uh, their testimony with, or just their story with uh, all the kids from Riot, all the teenagers. And so seeing kind of the difference in uh, some people's uh, kind of trying to tell the first story, their story the first time, and their reaction, their emotion. Some people teared up, some kind of uh, cried a little bit, and just seeing how they kind of like felt confidence the second time they told it, and they kind of found peace. I was really kind of inspired by that and how people were able to kind of take this thing that was like kind of traumatic or that they really struggled sharing and then just that quickly in like the span of a few hours or a few days they were able to kind of find confident a confident way to share it it was really just a cool thing to see Nate. Nate. Uh, I definitely saw a lot of growth just with our whole group as a whole um, we've had this long running uh, kind of statement about our youth group that we want to be the best at having fun when it's time to have fun and the best at being serious when it's time to be serious. And uh, I think we nailed that this week. Um, I think I saw a lot out of uh, the younger kids just kind of stepping into their own faith a little more. Um, and Dylan was on fire for Jesus that week. I mean, just every day was so ready, so eager. Um, at the lighthouse screaming I love you God into the wind and sea was amazing to see so I'm really proud of our group and it was really great to see awesome I am so thankful for you four and for the four undergrads and and the um uh four adults who you know who kind of took you over there, made sure you had everything you need, and so can we just give them all just a big round of applause? And... It, it's always so incredible to think about how all over the world right now, faithful followers of Jesus are meeting to worship, they're, they're, they're meeting to be encouraged, they're meeting to be a part of something so much bigger than themselves. What an honor it is to be a part of his church. Amen? And, and one of the few things churches have in common all over the world is the sacrament of, of communion. And while we may debate about how often to take it or how, what method we should in observing it, observing communion is something that we've been commanded to do by Jesus himself. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of the purpose of communion. He said in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. He said, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself, that on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This, is, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And then Paul says this, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 
not just here in America, but in Northern Ireland and all over the parts of the, of the world. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. He goes on to say, he says, don't take this flippantly, okay? Examine yourselves before you take it. Think about the incredible sacrifice that was made for you on behalf, or that was made on your behalf from the Son of God. Think about how believers have been participating in this sacrament for 2,000 years. And, and even in the, the church uh, at Down Patrick since 423 or whatever it was. Think about how churches all over the world right now, Sunday morning, are doing this in unison, proclaiming the death of Jesus as atonement for my sin and for yours. We are a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. We are his church. And he is actively working through his people all over the world to bring about the healing and restoration that our world so desperately needs. And so if you, if you uh, forgot to grab your communion cup as you, as you came in, uh, we've got a couple stations there that you can grab it from. We're going to let you have some time to examine yourselves, to think about the sacrifice Jesus made for you. And then you can just take communion when you're ready. Take it on your own when you're ready. But after a few minutes of, of quiet contemplation, then we'll pray together. Stand with me and we'll pray together. Father, thank you for what you're already doing. Forgive us when we doubt that. Forgive us when we think that you've left us or abandoned us or are not doing anything anymore and we're just alone. Forgive us in our doubts. Thank you when you remind us that you are actively working all over this world. That you are in control. That you know everything about us and still love us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. He is all we have to stand on and I know that he is all that we need. So as we think about the incredible sacrifice made for us, I just want to say thank you. 
And as we sing together and worship and close out our service and wrap things up, thank you for how good you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.